collaboration is important to me because that's where you find your strength, your power, and your go-to it. Collaboration is the heartbeat of us getting the job done. The power of unity. Welcome to Our Shared Field, where we bring artists into conversation with people from outside of the arts. I'm your host, Austin Camille, and welcome to the last conversation of the pilot season. Today, I talk to West Philly block captain and civic leader, Aminata Sandra Calhoun, who will be in conversation with artist Anamaya Farthing-Cole on next week's episode. Aminata has been the block captain in every single neighborhood she's lived in. She currently works as the Director of Sanitation and Environmental Programs for Centennial Parkside, a neighborhood development organization. Her work is always focused on keeping neighborhoods clean and beautiful, whether she's organizing trash cleanups through work, transforming a dilapidated lot into a community oasis, or sweeping the curb outside of her home every Sunday. My name is Aminata Calhoun. I presently live in West Philadelphia. I left West Philadelphia May 8, 1970, and to live in other parts of the city, and returned back to West Philadelphia November of 2016. And uh, I can say previous places that I've lived, I was the block captain every place I lived, and I enjoyed it. I find that my previous uh, residence being the block captain was not hardcore stressful as it is now. In what ways, out of curiosity? Yes, um, in the way that it is now, I found and observed and I view it to be not the West Philadelphia that I left in May of 1970. And in returning, um, I, I, I am quite dismayed mm. with the oversaturation of trash, litter, blight. Mm. So what is stressful about this is that this is very foreign to me from childhood to this time of my life due to the abundance of trash, litter, and blight it spiked me up more to work to see what I can do as an individual and also trying to encourage and initiate the community to enlighten them, bring them into awareness and consciousness of their community. So at, at this time, being a block captain and uh, a community activist, and a activist for uh, environment and climate, I find it to be a quite a different feel on me than previous residents and locations and places that I've lived. Where does this sense of community activism going back and back away, where is it, where is it coming from for you? In my DNA, and the reason I say it's in my DNA, my mother, um, at the time of me being a child, even, even before elementary school and into high school, right on through, um, my mother was a community activist and block captain and everything. And I was always by my mother's side at that time. And it was not so much at all of us, um, us meaning the community, um, having to work at having a clean community. It was just automatic. 
It, it wasn't a thing where you had to push and pull people to come out to clean. We as a community and as people and as neighbors, Saturday morning, spring through uh, a say fall or, or really getting cold, we, we came out automatically on Saturday. We didn't have any truck coming around picking up any trash bags after we cleaned up and what have you. I grew up with it, with um, um, being environmental community conscious. Environmental conscious meaning caring about the outdoors and, and the surroundings where I live outside of the home. Outside of uh, outside where the community is at that time, he wasn't using using words such as in, uh, environment and climate and local. We weren't that sophisticated, but uh, we just automatically knew and had it built within ourselves. Each and every person, we kept our outside as clean as you did the inside of your home. So my mother. Uh, the uh, Philadelphia uh, Horticultural um, Society. It, it wasn't called PHS then. When I was growing up, it was called Philadelphia More Beautiful. And um, we had the flower show every year where the flower show took place um, at the convention center. At that time, you weren't even born. Um, it was across the street from Children's Hospital at that time. My mother, every year, she um, worked the flower show and then she was very, very um, involved in seeing to it that every household, we had uh, what we call flower boxes that we put on our porches, on our banister. Mm. And my mother made sure five to six blocks of the immediate area, my mother made sure that every household, um, solo she did this, had a flower box and flowers for the box. And I was right there helping, you know, and... Um, um, had um, my brother's red wagon, you know, with the, with the uh, flower boxes on the wagon and helping to pull it and get it to the homes. And, and I thought that was fun. I thought that was cool. Although um, I didn't use the word cool there, but, I, <laughs> but I, I thought it was really groovy. And this is the way um, we just beautified our community, our neighborhoods, our homes. We kept everything clean. To me, as a child, it was like a quiet, unsaid competition, like of whose house could be the prettiest, whose house could be the most beautiful. But it wasn't a competition. It, to me, it was an unsaid meaning. That's the pride that people took in their homes, whether they rent or whether they were buying. Mm. Even the renters then, you couldn't even tell they were renting because the pride people took in where they live. And if it, we, um, if it was identified, uh, uh, say a neighbor or person that was challenged and struggling, the neighbors helped or did, you know, and supported that struggling, say neighbor or resident in whatever way they needed assistance and, and supports. Today, you don't get that. And, and I often think, I said, mom, if you could see this, this would kill you. If you could see what this community has turned to, it's so foreign to me that it, it actually, beyond stressing me, it is so unsettling for me mm -hmm. because I'm not accustomed to seeing this and the behaviors and what have you and people just trashed in their community. 
is it making the work that you're doing harder? I'm curious to know how the people in your neighborhood are reacting if they're working with you, if they're not quite sure about the work. You know, and what boggles my mind to this very moment, especially in this immediate neighborhood I live in, they just look at me like I'm a UFO. When I say look at me, they see me out sweeping, cleaning, not 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 my home. I'm cleaning the whole block. And when I say the whole block, I'm cleaning from the curb to the street. Mm-hmm. That's nowhere in front of my door. I'm going over across the street and cleaning solo the Ed Bradley um, community oasis. When Aminata first moved back into the West Philly neighborhood where she resides now, she noticed a lot that was completely overgrown and realized that there were in fact two dilapidated row homes hiding underneath the mountain of vegetation. I used that lot that was just a lot of L-O-T as a tool to see if I could initiate um, consciousness from the community. The first day I I moved um, back here, I'm like, what the hell is that? Because it just seemed like a big, big mountain. Mm. I'm like, what is that? So um, I spoke with a a couple neighbors, and they said, yes, there's two houses under there. Uh, Bricks was falling from the top down down to the actual payment. And um, prior to that happening, I was already writing letters to um, my council person, who was uh, Janie Blackwell at that time, about this here property. So this particular day um, of December of 2017, I'm walking down the street on that side and a brick came about an inch from hitting me in my head. Wherever I am going at that moment did not matter. First, I took a picture. I made a bow turn and I came back in the house. I got on my um, my my um, uh, phone first and called into Janie Blackwell's office. When speaking to the person, I said, I'm calling you on the same issue that you have many emails from me. Now, here's what's going to happen. I almost got hit in the head, just one inch from my little head, a brick. You have close to two years of emails from me about this property. You've got 24 hours to turn this around. I said, now, does she want this on her watch? Um, Her uh, uh, staff person said, oh, my God, Um, you can quote me on this. I'm saying this is about to burst. That was his words. He says, no, I'm not. Here's what's going to happen. I am physically walking this over to Ellen I myself. Within the next 48 hours, the buildings were demolished, and Aminata had the beginning of her community lot. When they finished, I'm standing there, I'm like, wow, look at this wall. I got this massive wall. (laughs) I can use this as my instrument Hmm. and my tool to, to initiate community consciousness, awareness, to try to bring about how I can galvanize the community to look at taking pride, and this is my instrument that I'm going to use. With the large wall there, and I was associated and already connected with mural arts. Mural Arts in Philadelphia is the nation's largest public arts program, engaging communities in 50 to 100 public art projects every year. Aminata brought a photographer who worked with mural arts to take a look at the empty lot to see if she could fast track a mural into the community. 
grabbed his phone. He called uh, Kathy at that time. He says, Kathy, I'm standing here with Ami Nata, and I think that this is exactly the size, the width, the width of the wall that you are looking for. That worked out so well. <laughs> well I'm listening at him. You know, on the phone talking to her, and, and 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 my heart is beating. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this might be good. So um, she said, now where are you at? And he said, I'm at Belmont while losing, and I'm United standing right here. And she brought me to this wall, and blah 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 blah. So um, she got busy. She came down. She says, oh my god, you have really helped me with my homework. This is just the size wall that I've been looking for. I said, well, since I've helped you with your homework, here's what I want. I want you to come back and tell me what mural will be placed on this wall of a renowned person that I can live with for the rest of the days of my life. Hmm. Don't bring me no sports person. (laughs) She says, all right, I hear you. I hear you, Aminata. So about two months passed. She called me and she says, um, Aminata, you want to sit down? She says, I have a personality for you of what that mural is going to be for that gigantic wall and the artist. She says, can you live with Edward Bradley? I'm like, no, you're not playing with me, are you? <laughs> he was, uh, he was a, a homestead in my family. If you're not familiar, Ed Bradley, originally from Philadelphia, was one of the first Black journalists to be prominently featured on network television. He worked as a correspondent on CBS's 60 Minutes for 25 years. Every Sunday, the whole family sat down. He was a household name in my family. My father sitting on the sofa. Oh, Ed Bradley, my man, Ed Bradley! My, my, from my, my, my wildest and father's imagination. I'm like, you couldn't, I didn't even vision. I'm like, Edward Bradley? Oh, wow. So we had um, community meetings introducing the ed- that, that there would be um, the mural a mural for the community there at the corner of Belmont and while Lucing and would be Ed Bradley. Um, um, with the mural, we had community paint, date, paint days. How I got real participation, I pulled in the schools. Uh, uh-huh. And then moving towards, this is, this is what really, really blew my mind. I had no idea that I was going to actually have hands on installing the mural to the wall. It gives me tears. And um, I'm helping the artists actually installed the actual mural. You know, I attended all the paint days and to be up on the lift all up in the air, you know, applying that. I'm like, oh my God, this is the first time I've been. The day that we applied Ed Bradley's head of the mural, his head, I had to turn away because all I could hear is my father. Ed Bradley, my man, Ed Bradley. My father was a little bit crazy. On Sundays at that time, and uh, my mother, when he would be doing my mother, but his nickname was brother. My mother would say, "Brother, we need you to be quiet so that we can hear what Ed Bradley is saying." 
All right, all right, Alberta. All right. I, mean, I just giving my man some kudos. And <laughs> he want to hear, you know, his report and what he has to say. So at that moment, I thought back to my father and I said, as a child and listening every Sunday, us all gather, you could not have told me that a day was going to come and, and there will be actually a mural of Ed Bradley three doors from the house that I grew up in. Mm. Kathy Harris said when we did the dedication celebration, she says, Aminata, of all the murals we've done throughout the whole city of Philadelphia, this dedication celebration is unlike any ever done. We had the support and input and finances from Ed Bradley's wife. Oh, wow. The community had, I mean, we had a full flush entertainment, jazz, ballet, spoken word, poetic justice. We had every, everything you can think of. And, um, and the food was just phenomenal. And we, that day, um, we had it where 150 people would get fed free. So that was done, the mural. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm not done. We have the mural, but I need to flush this um, lot out and make it a community oasis. We're adding more things to make it even more inviting. So for, I would say, a whole year and a little more, people were just coming. And, and I'm like, this is amazing. After the mural went up, Aminata got a pollinator garden installed by the Philadelphia Horticultural Society. She got planters built at a comfortable height for senior gardeners by the Philly carpentry group Tiny WPA, as well as a brightly colored shaded picnic area for people to rest at. The sign installed at the site reads, Ed Bradley Community Oasis, and it truly feels like an oasis. With such a range of opportunities and activities within this one lot, I asked Aminata what she thinks makes for a strong community. What I feel makes a good, strong community, uh, and I'm, I'm speaking this from what I've lived in the previous communities I've lived in prior to coming here. And what made strong community is community um, unity, community participation, community collaboration, and us coming together with our thoughts and our visions and laying them out on the table and uh, collaborating. And what do we want to see? Mm. What do we want to see in sustaining the wholeness of our community? Collaboration is important to me because that's where you find your strength, your power, and your go-to it. Mm. Without collaboration, you can't move forward. Collaboration is the heartbeat of us getting the job done. Collaboration is the, is the, is the power of unity. And I'm going to be definitely looking at what happens this summer since this is the first summer. Mm -hmm. with the community uh, at Bradley Community Oasis. I'm going to have different activities and events, and I'm hoping to see if this is really going to get the community up and at it. You know, you're, you're going to see me over there cleaning every Sunday and Saturday, and then you're going to see, oh, wow, she got drumming going on. She has poetry going on. She got jazz going on. So I'm, I'm still working at trying to get this community and engagement, community involvement. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I know the city has obviously changed so much. I, I'm curious to hear a little bit more specifically how you've seen it change. Boy, I'm saying, oh boy, because I'm, I've been looking at the change since coming back here. The one big change that boggles my mind, even in the um, 1990s, 1980s, up to 2000, we never, ever had our trash receptacles outside our homes on the porch in the front yard. Never. The only time you would see our trash receptacles was on the given trash pickup day. Everyone's uh, recyclable bin, their trash, their trash um, bins is outside on their porch in the yard every day. That does not lend to an attractive sight, and especially when the trash is in there bubbling over, spilling over out of the can. I, I fought the city to a degree because you're supporting this behavior. Now, when I was coming along and growing up, we never did that, mm-hmm. even on holidays and what have you. And with that, it draws what you call the possums, the raccoons, the vermins, everything. Yeah. I remember coming in from work, I'm getting off the bus, and the neighbors, oh, oh, you should have been here, you should have been here. I'm like, why should I have been here? Up in the door in the Belize, there was a whole family of possums. Oh, my God. Right at this home, you have five trash cans right here in the yard. Each one is bubbling, spilling over with trash and garbage. You are enabling them. They're coming out of the woods looking for food, and you all are feeding them free. Don't get no empathy or sympathy from me. Now, excuse me, I'm tired. I'm going in my home. So one morning I'm leaving out. I guess it's a possum. It was big. It was big and fat. I hurried. I saw it coming, and I didn't know what it was. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not, this is not about trying to figure out what this is. I got in, uh, I got behind the, uh, inside the foyer, and it stopped right there and looked at me, but he couldn't get in. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't know how many mornings I've been coming out like this. What if I had no place to run into? I don't know if he would attack me, but I was scared. We didn't have this when I was growing up in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And each community that I lived in, it was that community unity and neighbors individually and collectively coming out, cleaning, sweeping, beautifying. And it's just not here today. So when I got back here in 2016, I, 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 I was just in shock. I went from shock to uh, amazement, from amazement to um, stress, from stress to being environmentally distraught and distressed. We have this reputation as the dirtiest city in America. Yes. Trying, and it's it's almost like it's gone so far down that road that people just don't even care anymore instead of trying to fight back against it. And I'm so embarrassed of Philadelphia. And I, uh, um, and although now I am the director of sanitation and environmental program with Centennial Parkside CDC. Yeah. And what that constitutes, um, I have a team. We call them clean and green um, team ambassadors. And we have areas that we clean weekly. What was it like doing this work during the last 
year or so? So I just started, um, I started December 7, 2020. Um, we cleaned through the winter, the spring. So this will be my first summer. Okay. What I observed all through the winter months and the winter months was with the COVID. I observed triple the trash in the streets on the pavement with the COVID-19. All of the sites that we clean, an influx of masses. Mm-mm. Now, you know, the cigarette butts is one thing. Now we have face masks all over the street. That's that's something to see. Yeah. Does it make you more determined to do the work? Does it just make you tired or frustrated? All of the above. Yeah. Um, it makes me determined because I don't like dirt and trash and filth around me. So it makes me more determined, you know, to keep cleaning um, because you never know when things may turn with people. It makes me frustrated to see that you will live like this in your community. It makes me sad, disgusted, and angry to see. And as much as we're crying about, you know, environmental justice and the environment um, and the things we're putting in our environment and our, and our climate, it just seems like it's not taking seat in, in some people and in some ways and in their, uh, the way they show up with their behavior. Toward the end of our conversation, Aminata and I circled back around to the role that Black captains play in their neighborhoods. A lot of weight is put on, oh, the Black captain, the Black captain. Like the Black captain is God. To uh, the point where a bulk of the Black captains are senior in age. Um, and they, We've been in the position for years. Like, I'm 72. I've been a Black captain since I was uh, 21. Wow in every community I lived in. So the block captains, we're getting older, we're trying to pass a baton, but we do not readily have those younger that wanna step up and take that baton. Um, Even with the block captains, it's only but so much you can do. We cannot make people do. We cannot make you come out your house and clean. So I'm with the thought, with the mindset, it's not about the block captain. It's about the people and how they want to show up in the community. Now, I would say in the last two weeks, we are beginning to see a glimmer of light at the end of the uh, tunnel. I guess um, this one area on Gerard Avenue, 44th and Gerard, myself and one worker cleaned this area in um, early April, I guess. I was looking at this woman with her, the little baby in the stroller and they were walking, walking down the pavement there. And it's sad me to see because the stroller is down low. And it's sad me that the baby's down low and she's pushing this baby through all that trash. Mm-hmm. So um, we got our little supplies and things there. And when we finished, we had 31 trash bags filled to the brim. And it's been now definitely three weeks. And um, we, you know, consistently since that cleaning have gone to clean and what, what I'm observing this week and even what was on Saturday and Sunday going into Mother's Day, I felt so good seeing the cleanliness. Join us next week on Our Shared Field for part three, where Aminata is joined by the artist Anamaya Farthing Cole, who we met on last week's episode. 
You can learn more about the guests and follow their interactions on our website, chat.squarespace.com. If you want to check out the Ed Bradley Community Oasis, it's located at Belmont and Wyalusing in West Philadelphia. Music for this episode was created specifically for the podcast by Victor Vieira Branco in collaboration with Matt Engel. You can listen to more of their work on our website. Again, that's chat.squarespace.com. Thank you to the Center for Humanities at Temple University for hosting this podcast and to our technical director, Eric Carbonara, at Not A Sound Studio. This podcast is recorded in North Philadelphia on the ancestral lands of the Leni Lenape people, whose presence and resilience in Pennsylvania continues to this day. Until next time, I'm Austin Camille. Thank you for listening to Our Shared Field. <laughs>